beautiful. Don't you agree? Kiwi, what's up? All right, y'all. All right, all right. How's everybody doing today? What's going on, everyone? All right, so hello again. We back today with another segment. This is Thoughts from a Counselor. I am Libra Lester the Third, and I'm the one, the only Paul Singleton the Second. Technically not. Oh, yeah, you're the only second. <laughs> the second. You're not the only no, Paul second. Singleton. But, <laughs> That's uh, right. Recap: We are two black counselors. We out mm-hmm. here trying to bridge the gap between what we're taught, uh, what we know, and what we think we know. Yes, and today we have a very special topic. We have very special guests who are here with us. Uh, to talk about this wonderful topic. I'm not going to spoil it because my brother (laughs) wants to introduce it, right? But before we get to the topic, I would love for our wonderful guest to please grace us with your voice. Let us know who you are and a little bit about yourself. Uh, My name is Dr. Chloe Challenger. I am an mm-hmm. assistant professor here at University of Connecticut. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to gotta give it out. Got to give it out. Uh, a little bit about myself. I work in the uh, NEAG School of Education. I uh, work in the counselor edu- I'm a professor in the counselor education program in the counselor psychology, and I teach classes in school counseling. I'm a former school counselor. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. And the lovely Mai. Hey, guys. Hey, again. Um, thank you very much for having me again, first of, of, course, of all. Of course, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Round but, two. You know, I'm just um, just a black girl in this little world. <laughs> Clap it up for the black girl in this, <laughs> in this big world. This black woman. Clap it up for the black woman. Out there. <laughs> Tell them a little bit about what you do. You, you a great black woman. But yes. You do yes. Yes. Right? yes. Yes. Um, I'm a registered nurse. I uh, just graduated yes. last summer. Yes. Thank you. Bachelor's in nursing. Um, and I'm really just here trying to educate myself, trying to educate others, and um, just spread awareness, most importantly. And perfect. You were in the right space for that's that. That's right. That's right. And now to get to the topic. So today we're going to be discussing grief, love, and reflection. Mm. Uh, how do we cope with losing someone? Yes. And we're going to have a specific focus on the passing of the late, great Kobe Bryant. Mm. So to give y'all the recap, uh, Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and seven other people recently died on January 26 in a tragic helicopter accident. Uh, the loss of emotion elicited a lot of responses from a multitude of people. And, yes you know, that's, that's normal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what death sort of does. And as people reflected on Kobe's legacy and what legacy meant to them, mm-hmm. they also found themselves struggling to figure out how do you view an icon who has died traumatically. And now, as the professional in the room, Dr. Challenger, can you just talk to us about grief a little bit? Like, what is grief? You know, grief, uh, if you look at the dictionary explanation, it's really like deep sorrow, loss, and sadness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with this Kobe Bryant loss and the other passengers in the, air, in the helicopter, that's where a lot of people kind of were struck by it was, it's grief. Mm-hmm. And grief, you know, is usually around the death of someone or the loss of something. In this case, we're talking about the death of someone. Right. Um, it could usually be like a sudden onset. You know, it's n- usually don't have a time that says, oh, you're about to go into grieving. You know, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. something that an accident or situation that happens. And it lasts for a period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no set time that says you're in grief for five minutes or five hours. It, grief can last for a period of time. Right. Um, and in my experience, it can either be helped with medicine or psychological treatment. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things where grief is a feeling. Mm-hmm. more than an action okay um, okay so that's kind of where i, I want to kind of hang out in that space where the feeling of grief and how it impacts uh, others and i know I have a few notes i want to talk about but please. okay hit them please <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what we yeah. that's why you're here dr challenger <laughs> spit those facts to these brothers <laughs> and sisters out there but yeah you know 
it depends on how someone treats their grief. Right. They can really get medication for grief to kind of um, overcome their, their deep pain and sorrow. Mm-hmm. Or they can see, like I'm a counselor, you can see treatment from counselors and, and psychotherapy to, to help them move through it. Yeah. Um, or even just do acts to acts like, you know, going for a walk or certain things uh, to, to reintegrate into their normal life. But, mm-hmm. but grief can impact people in many different ways. Um, it can deeply impact a person's sense of meaning. Mm. sense yeah. of belonging to their, themselves or their community yeah. and their, even their sense of purpose so when someone's struck by grief all those things get confusing you know, what, what is the, the meaning of what they do anything right okay Okay. so can you now discuss uh, mourning a little bit for us I see you were starting to get into that realm yeah to me grief is uh, a state of being mentally emotionally um, and psychologically and mourning is uh, it's an act it's the remembrance. Mm. It's, it's paying homage to what, what was lost. Right. You know? And I think mourning is more time limited. You know, you could say we're going to mourn for this person for a couple hours or for a day or, or for this thing. Right. And then you can kind of turn a corner and move forward where grief, as I said earlier, doesn't really have a time period. Mm-hmm. Um, depends on how it's addressed or not. If someone actively goes towards their grief, they may have a shorter time in that sadness and sorrow. But if they don't actively address it, it could last a little longer. So that's... Yeah. I think that's the distinction between grief and mourning is really grief is a state of being mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and mourning is the thing you do to address your grief or to mm-hmm. highlight okay. it. Right. And, and I feel like you, you broke, it, broke it down wonderfully talking about grief, breaking down mourning and the difference between the two. But I guess my next question is, how is it that when we know someone, we, we found out that about Kobe's passing, right, it impacted more than just his family, it felt like it impacted the world, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, some of us, most of us hardly know Kobe, right? But yet we felt sad. We felt, we, we felt that pain as a professional in, in the counseling field. Like, why, why is it to people, why is it that we feel this way? Why is it that we are emotional about someone we hardly know? And there's many layers to, the, to that answer, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, from my experience and from what I've known, well, going back to grief, grief can also be felt and demonstrated not only emotionally but also behaviorally right. mm-hmm. and, and physically. So what you're asking me right now is, is really all of those things. You know, uh, with the loss of Kobe um, or even anyone that's a celebrity figure, right? yes. you know, why do we feel it so impactful when we don't know them? They, we didn't have them over to dinner. No. <laughs> we didn't, didn't send me a Christmas card or anything. No. So, so they why didn't come that? to my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you at? <laughs> um, well, to simply answer that from what I've known and seen or experienced, we feel grief and loss for someone like a Kobe or some mm-hmm. figures because we, we choose to bring these people into our lives. You know, that's the big thing is that yeah. we're making a choice to bring them into, to be part of our family, um, to be part of our culture, right. part of our identity. We're, right. we're, we're saying we're bringing them in. If you have siblings or family members, we didn't choose them. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they, we were born into that situation. <laughs> yes. that Trust me, we know. <laughs> <laughs> so when we choose to bring these celebrities and these powerful figures into our lives, yeah. um, we, we bring them into parts of our lives that, that get impacted. So when we lose them, those parts of our lives, in my opinion, are impacted as well. And in this case, a person like a Kobe, you know, who I, I admire him because I, I love sports. Yeah. But we tend to see athletes as uh, godlike and warrior. Mm. You know, their 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 lives are to some extent are, are more um, more valuable than our own or than people that are near us. Right. Mm-hmm. Warriors live forever. Gods live forever. Yes, they do. You know, so when you, so envision that. So when someone when you think you have that kind of high immense feeling for someone uh, and then they're gone mm. you know it's it's a shock to your system because you don't believe that people like that athletes or celebrities that you've put on a high pedestal or die and you've yeah. brought them into your life so that's usually 
that'll shake up a person's world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll be hard to accept. Um, and moreover, just to add a little bit to it, you know, yes, please. we connect those feelings, we add feelings to those indiv- individuals, whether we've met them or not. We watch them on TV, we see their movies, their music. Mm-hmm. So we're bringing them into our timeline, into our psyche, into our space. Yeah. Um, we're, we're committing to them. Um, so, like I said, we, we put such value to their lives that losing them um, does really, once again, question our sense of meaning, purpose, and, and, and value. And lastly, these people and things represent things bigger than us. Mm. They are either unifiers, they entertain us, they distract us from life, they give us hope, they give us motivation, they want us to do better, they make us want to do better, and when right. they're gone, those sort of things really make us question, once again, the meaning and purpose of our own lives. Right. Yeah. If yeah. Our, our people like that can be lost. Mm-hmm. And I think you went in a, a really good direction because a common theme that I saw when I talked to people was how is it Kobe? Right. Like, um, Disbelief. I think Lamar Odom himself in one of his comments was like, it seems so impossible that that could have happened to him. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I'm still creating a story where he jumped out of the helicopter and survived. Mm. And at first when I was reading it, I thought to myself, you know, that's the comedic relief, right? That's us trying to make it feel real, right. even though we're doing it in a way that may seem confusing to others. Right. When I thought about it more and more, you're right. He was right, and you're right, Dr. Challenger, that we really do just expect outlandish things to happen in ways that we can understand mm. because it's the only way we can process it because for a period of time before it's even happened, we've already told ourselves that I can't process this person as I would a, a regular person or another person because right. they're irregular for some reason. Right. And it's, that's not how it works. You know, um, he was a professional in his craft. He had been doing it for a while, but he breathes, uh, he sleeps, uh, everything else, just like another person might. You know, we tend to forget that. You know, when we see these uh Individuals on things like TV or hear them on radio or right. radio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they listen, people listen to the <laughs> radio. Yeah, he, he was showing he was dated right. a little bit. You know what? You got satellite radio, you got podcasts tuned in to That's right. You know, that's from a counselor. We see them on these these devices and these right. um, things that we feel we can't touch or do. Right. So they're superhuman. You know, so we attribute superhuman things to uh, these individuals. And once again, they enter, they entertain us. They have these talents that we think we don't have. So then they, they, we automatically give them more power, uh, as I said, more value. And then when we find out that their lives can be taken as easy as my life can be taken, right. mm-hmm. it, it wakes us up to believe that, to recognize and begin to accept that, wow, the frailty of life, yeah. our yeah. own mortality. Yeah. You know, and then we start saying, it's unfair for that person's life to be taken. Mm-hmm. And then like you said, Libra, we can't comprehend the fairness of it all. It's just, how does it make sense? Why Kobe and not the serial killer? Right. Um, so we, when we, we give such value to those individuals, it then comes into fairness. This is unfair that this happened mm-hmm. to, to this person. And, and the world has a shortage of good people, we think. We, yeah. we don't see enough good. And when we put these values of greatness on to these people, we've lost another good person. And that's kind of hard to accept as well. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just, it really also brings out an appreciation, right? So you have those feelings that you go through, but immediately... Uh, at least from in my experience, the people that I were talking to, they made them think about their lives that much more. So you talk about that mortality that we all have, and we all have to face someday and look in the mirror and realize that that's coming at a time. But it made you think about 
Am I telling the people that I love that I love them? Mm -hmm. Am I making sure that I'm reaching out to the people who I say I'm going to reach out to and following through? Because like like you all said, you all, you all keep bringing it up. Time is not a luxury we all have. Like anyone could be taken at any moment. And yes, it happened to Kobe and it was it was hurtful because we welcomed him into our family. But then it makes you appreciate your family even more because if you never know when they'll be gone, just like Kobe. Yep. And uh, now I want to clue you in, Mike, because uh, Dr. Challenger in a little in his own <laughs> roundabout way, because <laughs> right. I think you you really went through everything in great right. depth. But uh, how did it make you feel uh, when Kobe passed and did the passing affect you? Because uh, something I talked about with a lot of the black women I know mm -hmm. is that when we talked about Kobe's passing, it mainly did center black men. Mm -hmm. And I think what was missed in that is that there are black women who consume that content, right? Yeah. There are black women who feel connected to all those players in the same way. Yeah. And I feel like because of the narrative of the NBA is a man's game, people forget that the media you consume is simply the media you consume. Mm -hmm. And that when media is trying to make money, they just releasing the content, right? right. They're not saying, oh, not this is agendas. specifically no. for you. And exactly. I'll, I'll go off on my tangent on the WNBA in a second <laughs> yeah. after. Yes, please. I guess to say her piece. <laughs> Save it. Okay, well, um, it actually did kind of affect me in two specific ways. Um, Kobe and the bond that he had between his, his daughter, Gigi, yeah. it was kind of more um, publicized. Intentional or not, mm -hmm. I feel like everybody got to see that Black dads are no different from other dads. Um, so I, it did affect me in a positive way because coming from someone who does have that bond with their father naturally, it was really good to see that because there's a negative stigma and it's burdened the black family, the black dad mm. um, for hundreds of years since the beginning of slavery even mm. that, you know, but there's no actual factual evidence to support it that black men aren't good fathers. Um, so even though a lot of dads don't have the financial means in comparison to Kobe, that unconditional love for their baby girls, that surpasses like any monetary value that you could possibly put on love. Um, and I just love seeing all of those hashtag girl dad girl dad post, excuse me because you just got to see you know dads in their element with their princesses and black fathers at that um then another reason uh it was also it impacted me was because the mamba mentality i'm not really a sports person i have to i have to be completely honest i know certain names and that's about it um but once he when he passed and i learned about the mamba mentality um prior to that i was definitely completely naive to it um but it's the rationality and the reasoning that a lot of athletes I've met before, they all have that um, mentality, whether they're, in, whether they're aware of it or not. Um, and it's just the idea of improving yourself every single day. Literally, no matter what it is, you pick a starting point and you improve and you do your best while doing it. Um, and because of that, I feel like Kobe was able to live his best life, really. And he approached life with such um, unparalleled passion that so many of us are struggling to do naturally. And this man did it every day without even second guessing. Mm -hmm. And I think you did cover it very well because Kobe was a multi-dimensional person, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but a lot of people did only view him in some of his dimensions, right? Um, it was Kobe, the basketball player. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Kobe is a father. And then when we want to acknowledge that Kobe was a father, it's like, oh, well, Kobe, the father to no boys. And then it's like, why does now his fatherness have to be scrutinized because now you have again found a way to relate it back to oh his maleness right and i think what a lot of people get <clears throat> what a lot of people get uh wrong is that 
when you try to, again, limit a person, you're not seeing them better. You're actually seeing, well, you're not seeing them at all because he's all of those things at the same time. And to go back to my point about the WNBA, a lot of people try to make this line between them and the NBA because they're like, oh, the NBA gets more support because it's better, right? But the WNBA season is 34 games compared to the NBA season of, is it 82, Paul? 82. And then the NBA playoff rounds are seven games, right? Yeah. WNBA playoff games are five rounds. Right. And then we can go into marketing, right? All these commercials, um, all these publication sites that will play up a W, I mean, a play up the NBA highlights, yeah. right? Even if the highlight is somebody blowing a layup. How many times can you highlight you seeing a WNBA, even if a team is one, mm-hmm. highlight a WNBA commercial that you've seen even recently? Can't. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, rare, non-existent. Very rare. And what, yeah. I, what I try to explain to people is that they have these ideas because they think that when they attempt to understand something, their thoughts alone are enough. But kind of like Dr. Challenger just showed us, there are methods to understanding the world. You have to be willing to walk through those methods either alone or with others to better understand them. Because mm-hmm. if you don't do that, you're not really understanding. Right. All you're doing is more of the same, which is thinking as you think. And our thoughts can limit us. You know, to add to that, back to Kobe or continuing the Kobe topic, you know, th- there's that part we discussed about the athlete, the superstar, and the celebrity. Right. I think people also connected with the, the general normal human being, the man, you know, in a sense of, you know, watching him go from a 17-year-old into um, his quote-unquote manhood, yeah. developing as an athlete, others jumped on that story as well. Their personal struggle and strife to become better people from one level to the next. Those that got married, those that started families, those that had struggles, mm-hmm. those that, like you know, that Mai said, um, had daughters, father-daughter relationship. Those are... Uh, other relationships that people jumped on and were, are also mourning that part of Kobe. Right. Not just the basketball yeah. great, the Hall right. of Famer. Right. They're mourning that, what what a great dad. Um, what a great guy that recovered in his marriage. Yeah. What a great teammate. You know, what a person that yeah. grew and matured through this league that w- that's a very cutthroat league, but he found his, his footing and he found his identity. Right. And people can gel with that. Whether you're an yeah. athlete or not, you can gel with that and jump on board with that. And when you lose that, mm-hmm. you can mourn and grieve that mm-hmm. as well, not just yeah. as a celebrity. Yeah. And to add to that, um, oh, and you, you sort of mentioned a little bit earlier, but we have research that shows if you grow up a certain amount of time, again, seeing someone on TV, mm-hmm. listening to their music, or even just seeing them in their community and they disappear, they die, it can really feel like you have lost somebody. Right. Because without meaning to, we build these bonds with people because we're, we're social beings, right? Right. Um, it's, it's kind of unavoidable. And now I'd like to ask you to, to also talk about if there are other celebrities, other figures you all have had that feeling with. Because I want to help people understand that the Kobe situation was not, um, it's not something that's uncommon. All the time, people find themselves making these connections to either in their field, um, in the way they relax. Those who are leading, they find themselves drawn to them. And then people forget that we're not so uh, special, that we're the only one who does that. Mm. <laughs> and I want <laughs> to, again, show that it's, it's normal to feel that way. Yeah. Well, I'll go. I mean, <clears throat> besides loss in my own family, I think you asked about um, people that have been influential to me uh, as like celebrities mm-hmm. and you know, I always had a rule in myself when I was younger that I'm not going to envy a celebrity because they're entertainment and they're there to distract my life. Mm-hmm. 
I found myself being shocked the last couple of years when certain celebrities passed away, and I, I was deeply moved by it and shocked by it. Mm. And mm-hmm. some of them were, you know, I'm a football, former football player and athlete. And one of the first times I really felt a deep impact was the loss of uh, football player Reggie White, mm-hmm. who was a Packers, you know. And I just, I couldn't understand why I did. But as a child, watching him play football and what he believed in as a person and how he played the sport, that was very aggressive, but off the field, he was very gentle, you know, right. a religious man. Minister of Pain. Yeah, Minister of Pain. Didn't make That's any right. sense to me, but mm-hmm. that... I gravitated towards that, so his loss deeply impacted me. Um, in addition, uh, Whitney Houston, mm. Luther Vandross, yes. uh, Maya Angelou, and, and even now Kobe Bryant. These are all people that literally, when they passed, it shocked my world, rocked my world. And I always dis- you know, reset and think, why? They're celebrities, why? And then to answer my own question, it was because their, their art, their craft, their being deeply impacted. I let that, that their art deeply impact me. And... Um, changed my life so when they're gone uh that really left a void it left a lot of questions for me but i, I deeply missed what they're going to add to the earth and what they're going to add to my world um, even biggie smalls you know um, what i will no longer be able to have moving forward those are the losses that i have um and i had to work through myself mm-hmm. okay um, you actually took one of my people. No, it was Maya Angelou, actually. Oh, okay. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Maya Angelou. Um, but I can agree with you, um, not holding too many celebrities to on such a high pedestal because they are still humans at the end of the day. Right. Um, but Maya Angelou was just phenomenal, a phenomenal woman, okay? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And I'll never forget the first time um, my English teacher gave us a printout of the Phenomenal Woman poem and asked us what we thought about the poem. Um, and I think I might have been the only woman of color in the class, including her. Um, mm. And the answers are pretty typical because if you read the poem on for what it is on paper, it does kind of sound like she is being vain or arrogant. But the poem itself was an important message to the world, convention, stereotypes, all of that, that empowerment comes from within and being confident within your own female skin, um, regardless of societal beauty, which is something that Miss Maya Angelou dealt with all throughout her childhood. If you you read I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, you'd know something about that. Mm. Um, But yeah, when she passed, it did kind of hit me. It did because she was able to put words her words sounded like music, you know, and just losing something like that in the community, it can have an effect on you, definitely. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that you highlighted Maya Angelou in particular because to build on the topic of legacies, she has a very grand legacy, right? Maya yes. Angelou did a lot yes. of things in her time, but because of the way we pick and choose which parts of people's legacies we talk about, a lot of people don't know her as well as they think, and they could if they would pick up one of her yes. books, but they don't. Like, Maya Angelou also made music, right? Maya Angelou was also a sex worker. But Mm. because the way we discuss those things aren't always the best, because, you know, the music industry is parasitic, and if you're a sex worker, you don't respect yourself, that doesn't fit the common narrative of legacy. So we choose to cut that out. Mm -hmm. But when we cut out parts of people, we're not seeing the person anymore. So then uh, are they even an idol, or do we even should we even worship them? Because we're not viewing them as a whole. And not that we all worship people. I've, you've heard it very well that we're not putting these people on pedestals. But for people who are out there who do put these these stars, these celebrities, whoever it may be, these figures, these community leaders on these pedestals, you have to remind yourself that they are human, that they are just, they're, they're similar to you, not just like you, but they're very similar. So 
they they bleed they sh- they cry they go through emotional roller coasters they they have grief and loss as well so they learn they, they learn exactly Thanks. they yeah. grow they need to heal together as well so we can't just focus on the fact that Kobe is an 18 um, time All Star or an uh, MVP two time Finals MVP go down the list of accolades just a father we need to look at him as a whole and and know that his good outweighed his bad any day of the week so. Honor him in that, like. Yeah, you know, it, it really, what to clarify, you know, it sounded to me like, oh, why did why did Dr. Challenger not like celebrities or whatnot? And right. want to kind of clarify. Oh, yeah, now clarify. Right. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 this is no, the no, space. No. Come on, come on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the reason why I, I, I struggle with celebrities or um, idolizing them, yeah. why I teach students and children to not idolize celebrities on that level. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, if I had children, I, w- I will say your, your kid's sh- first hero should be within their home. Absolutely, you know, should be their parents and whatnot, and then you could look at LeBron James, yes, second you know, runner up or whatnot. <laughs> yes, yes. But it's because I truly believe that celebrities, a, they're being paid to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I work, I get paid for it. <laughs> no one calls me a celebrity. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I'm salty about that. <laughs> that explains why you was mad at Bobby Brown. Right. You know, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And second of all, these celebrities, um, they choose this profession, meaning. They hustle, they grind, they, they say they're a singer, and they, for years they're singing in small clubs or whatnot, and they're trying to make it, trying to make it, then boom, some of them make it, and now they don't want to, they don't want to talk to, to their fans. Right. They want to be left alone. They want to be right. isolated. But for years they're grinding, just trying to get likes, trying to get a, a hand up and a leg up, and all of a sudden they're up, and now they're like, leave me alone. Right. You know, don't touch <laughs> me, don't talk to me, why are they stalking me? So it's, it's really- Security all around. It bothers me. But I think to kind of even add to it, why we can enjoy celebrities is because, like, for example, Biggie Smalls, he's been gone for almost 20, more than 20 years, and Tupac the same. Mm-hmm. Their music, their art can impact people at certain times in their lives, like when you're ready to hear something. Like when I was younger, I was just vibing to the beats because the beats was hot. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, but I could keep listening to Biggie's music, and I keep hearing different lyrics and yeah. different meanings for different parts of my life. And I think celebrities tend to do that. The art form tends to do that. I was watching last night Bad Boys, the original Bad Boys from yes. 1995. Yes. Yep. One of my yes. favorite movies, mm-hmm. right? We ride together, <laughs> we die together. together. Yeah, come on, we Bad Boys. Uh, I, I recently saw the, the, the third one. The point of the matter is mm. things um, are meaningful in our lives at certain times. So when celebrities can give that platform and that art, like certain songs can be impactful. Sure. As you talk about Maya Angelou, poetry can be impactful. Sure. Um, so when we take that in, I think it's important that we take that in and let it impact us at the time that we need it, when we need it. A lot of suicides have been prevented by great music or great reading. Mm. You know, a lot of happy moments been pr- um, done because of certain songs and, and movies or whatnot. So, yeah. But you're right. Uh, admire the art, um, not so much the person. So true. Okay. And uh, that actually segued kind of well into our next subject because, you know, as Paul was saying, you know, celebrities grow, they develop, mm-hmm. and they also do things that require us to take a second look at them. Yeah. And with that said, go ahead and spin it. So with this second look, um, recently Gail King um, attempted to look back at his legacy, to look back at Kobe's legacy in um, particular. And in short, the, in the interview, she covered various topics, one of them being Kobe's sexual assault case with Lisa Leslie. Lisa Leslie is a WNBA superstar as well. She is a great advocate for for all basketball players and women, and and especially. Mm-hmm. Um, she also made sure that she mentioned the case in front of her, and they talked about the, ex- the explosion via social media. Um, so 
She didn't talk about that with Gail King. However, the the interview with Gail King blew up on social media. Yeah, it caught a good, and, it got a good bit of traction. <laughs> yes, and um, it really riled up everybody, including um, Snoop Dogg and other um, big celebrities, Oprah as well, on two different sides of that coin. Um, Snoop Dogg recently apologized, but he also had uh, uh, some choice words for Gail um, King, if if you would say. Would mm-hmm. you agree with me? Yeah. <laughs> so. How did that response make you all feel, um, specifically um, when it seemed like Snoop's attack on Gail uh, kind of attacked her blackness? And this was a common trend with black women, how they get and when they feel they're attempted to be held accountable from black men. Yeah. So how did that response in general make you all feel? Um, well, I can just say with the endless media coverage, um, I did I did wonder why it had to be two black women to be the ones to kind of make sense or wreck in the past for everybody else. I do believe that it was a conversation that men should have start should have started and yeah. they should start feeling more obligated to initiate those conversations. Um, but I do have to agree also in the same with in the same breath that the timing of the interview kind of seemed tacky to me Mm. um because kobe had only been deceased for i think less than two weeks at the time right and his family and his friends were obviously still in deep mourning but um i guess that brings me to my next question too when has there ever been a time that we as a society have been allowed to thoroughly question the deceased Mm -hmm. in their past without being muted or Mm -hmm. shamed, kind of like gail was and that's a genuine question Mm -hmm. um i mean from from my point of view i don't think there's ever been a time um, anytime somebody passes, people tend to act like, oh, it's over with. So anything they did that's done, don't bring it up to me anymore. Unless it's a good something, then we can talk about that all mm-hmm. day. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree that timing is everything. Mm-hmm. And um, Gail King's um, timing was off. You know, um, that doesn't mean she should have been totally castigated for what she said and done. Right. Um, but her timing was off. It was, some can say it was inappropriate at the time because of, I agree with you, Maya, with the, the mourning period was still fresh. Yes. Yes. You know, the grieving period was still fresh. Yes. But Kobe certainly had a pass. I think we all do. And all celebrities do have a pass. It's not airtight. It's not perfect. Um, and it can't be ignored. Someone's past that's sullied or scarred can't be ignored. And we all have to attest for that. Right. Um, but the timing was, was off, some, some people would say. Um, and all, all a person can do is move forward. It can't, they can't expunge their record. So Kobe could never expunge his record. He could only but do better moving do forward better, from that yeah. point yeah. on and yeah. be better like everyone else. Um, but are we to um, put Gail King out to dry because she brought that up? No. I think as a journalist and as a person that wants to open discussion, they should be able to do that. Right. Yeah. But does that, that, that you should have timing uh, and ethics around that as well because, um, like I said earlier, Kobe's a, a beloved figure. Yeah. Um, and he you could clearly see uh, in society that he deeply – People were deeply mourning that situation. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. There was going to be plenty of time right. to discuss the dirty laundry um, weeks later, months later, that you can continue to do so. But it being so fresh, um, I think timing was off and inappropriate. Now, Snoop's response was also inappropriate. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was more obviously feelings-based and mm-hmm. snapback. And that's Snoop being human. But what's, yes. what's more respectful about human uh, Snoop is that he apologized. Right, he owned mm-hmm. it. He owned it. He recognized mm-hmm. it was a moment of heated um, belief. He recognized it was against a person of his own kind. Um, and he reversed that because it was the right thing to do. It was a good modeling, role model time period right. to kind of exhibit right. mm-hmm. that. 
but he also recognized, you know, that um, she has a free to say that, but it was too quick to judge, and it's okay for me to say I, I was wrong at that moment right. for mm-hmm. reacting that way. So that, that to me is important. Do we think that because the situation on how he died heightened this, um, the actual response? 100%. Because he died tragically, right? Mm. If he had died by natural causes, if he had died later in his life, would we still be reacting the way that we're reacting right now? I think it's a combination of a couple of things. Yeah, the way he died, yeah. the, the fact that he also lost his, his daughter in the same breath. Yes. And uh, what we said earlier, him as a person, you know, the Mamba movement, the Mamba Academy, um, his legacy as an athlete. So he could have passed away in his sleep. We could have passed away the way he did. I think the overall as a person is the reason why people were feeling deeply about Kobe as well. Like I said earlier, uh, it's not – we don't get a lot of images of good people in this world. Mm-hmm. So the loss of Kobe is a good person, whether it's tragic or non-tragic. Yeah. I still think that it would have been the morning would have be as equal because of who Kobe was and was tr- trying to be and what we thought he was going to be in retirement. Um, so, yeah, that's my opinion on that. Absolutely. And okay. yeah, brother, yeah. go ahead, please. Um, so something I've been thinking about, too, and you both were getting to that point, too, is that the issue is not so much – just in Gail's timing, but the fact that she had to maximize timing mm-hmm. simply because the conversation wasn't allowed to happen before. Um, I know specifically, you know, just through what I've learned um, and the actual survivors I've spoken to, anytime you mention that you've been assaulted, you've been abused, you've suffered, people's immediate response is, you did something to cause it. Mm. What were you doing? What were you wearing? And because people are aware of that, it can be hard to speak up, and I get that. But what we also have to realize is that we shouldn't push people to only speak up. One again, back to our vulnerability topic, we're not making it safe for that. Right. Because some people will weaponize that against you. And since uh, you were at a more reasonable age at the time, you <laughs> know, I was seven during Kobe's assault, yes. I couldn't specifically remember what all they were saying, right? But I've seen the way victims and survivors get spoken to in the media now. Mm -hmm. So can you just talk about what some of that looked like through your eyes, Dr. Challenger, and, of course, Paul, too? Yes. Yeah, like I said, you can't expunge your past. You know, you you can't make others forget it uh, if others witnessed it, you know, uh, whether that's through the media or if they were there presently. And all you can do is move forward. Um, I think with Kobe, during that time, during the assault, that was big news and whatnot. And ever since then, I don't know what kind of life he's led in secrecy, yeah. but what he's mm-hmm. led in public has been a life that's pretty model and example. So we yeah. can say that moment may have helped him turn a corner in his adulthood or how he wanted to be as a person. Mm-hmm. And then having daughters may have also maybe have reframed how he views relationship with women. Right. We don't know. you know. But what we can say is what we saw after he caught that case. Yes. Um, and so that's important in the sense of, uh, you know, not once again, can't forget it, can't expunge it. But at the same time, we should not let that moment define the legacy of that individual or any other individuals in situation. So mm-hmm. um, th- how I can feel slightly offended by that situation is that this is a moment of a person passing and dying. And relatively, their life has been exemplary, relatively. Mm-hmm. Right. So... Why can't we wait in, in picking it apart after they're gone? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I want to curb or suppress, uh, you know, feelings. 
or why can't we put a pause on that since majority of this person has been pretty good? At the same time, we don't, you're right. We, do we want to tell people when to bring something up? Do we want to suppress the voices of survivors and whatnot? Um, so I have mixed feelings on that because I feel that there should have been more time where Kobe's passing could have been really reveled and, and, and basked in because it was such a, a small period of time at that time. And at the same time, majority of the people agree that he led a good life. So that, that could have been paused on, um, in my opinion. Okay, and then I have a question for you, Dr. Challenger. When do you think is an appropriate time to have these discussions or to ask those questions? What's the time frame, and would you hold that standard to non-celebrities, too, that pass? Y you know, that's a great question. I, I would hold the same standard um, for in, in the way I defined it. Let's mm -hmm. say a person that has repeat offenses and repeat um, bad acting behavior. Uh, and have done very little to turn their behavior around mm -hmm. if they have a, an attitude or a way of life, uh, an assaulter, and they've had multiple assaults. Um, I also look at it in the majority, the majority compared to the minority, and I hate to be in that sort of term, but the majority of the, con the country really felt a deep impact with the loss, and they were really gripping with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Once again, doesn't mean that what Kobe did did not exist. It just meant at the, the wave of time, the majority of people were really feeling a loss. Mm -hmm. right. It's sort of like saying... Um, hey, by the way, you're very sick and you know, it's not looking good. Oh, and by the way, we're foreclosing your house as well. Oh, you, you could have waited to tell me that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Weeks. Time. Like a couple weeks. Right. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, still, it's still foreclosing my house, you know, so right. it's not going to make a difference. So it really is, you're right, um, it's professional and ethical thing. How important is it for me right now to sully that person's image? Yeah. We know what happened. Most people didn't forget it. Um, but how important is it for me to bring it up right now? That's kind of my thing. Not to never bring it up, but right now, mm -hmm. how it's important that, that we need to know that Kobe was an assaulter. Um, when we look at the piece of that person's life that was very negative, yes. Yeah. But then we look at the, the whole majority of it can say, I, w I want my child to be like Kobe. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's, that's kind of my approach with mm -hmm. it. And I, I, would do, I would treat that with anyone, um, celebrity or non-celebrity. That's my, uh, yeah. It's powerful. And then, so now, because you, you said a lot of good things and inspired a couple of thoughts in me, but uh, a specific takeaway that I truly want to emphasize, y'all, is that Dr. Challenger is saying that, again, if we're going to talk about assault, we need to consider the context, the timing, and all of that, correct? Right. Which means that y'all need to also do your parts when somebody does try to talk to you about assault to say, okay, we can talk about this. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to complain about the timing of when people seek to do that, then you have to realize that when you try to make people wait weeks, months, years, that in their attempts to be heard, they have to sort of gamble and say, when am I going to be heard the loudest right. as opposed to when am I going to be heard? And that in of itself is a problem. And also because, again, and y'all know I say this almost every episode, we're socialized to be <laughs> a way. We're taught to be misogynistic. We're taught to be racist. We're yes. taught to be anti-black. We're taught to be a lot of stuff. Yes. A lot of men have an issue when they hear assault because they fear that they have to recognize that they may have been an assaulter, right? right. That they may have been an abuser. And the fact of the matter is it may be true. It may not be, but it may be true. And the next stage of what you do should not be denial, should not be you, again, silencing women or other men who have suffered. It should be you learning about how you can, one, stop being an abuser, but then how you can be anti-abuse. And to go now into a topic of redemption, 
I think it's fair to say that a lot of Kobe's work, like you said, Dr. Challenger, like you said, Paul and mine, is that Kobe did a lot of work with the NBA, with the WNBA and yes. with women because he saw he had things to work on. Right. Right. And he did see that he had things to work on, which is most important, um, correcting the mistakes that you've made in your past. Um, but I think my takeaway from this also was that this hasn't only happened with Kobe. Mm-hmm. We can't let our love and admiration for celebrities or athletes take away our rights to respectfully question them yes. and their actions. Ooh. That's all I have to say about that. Because what I don't want to happen is for us to go backwards into that, okay, the charges are dropped or. Right he or she isn't talking about it anymore. So that must mean X, Y, Z is innocent. Because litigation is expensive. Yes, it exactly. Because that exact thinking has let too many men, guilty men, go free. Mm. Um, and I do believe that we need to be a little bit more pushier, um, more mm-hmm. intentional when it comes to these allegations because the biggest victims of rape culture is black women. Mm. So we have to stop letting that admiration silence us too as the masses. Mm-hmm. Right. If you see something, you say something. Do not deny anyone that power. And and when when you all were talking about the survivors and peep victims, like the there's a lot of fear that goes into those decisions. The vulnerability that that they express when they feel like it's the time to talk to somebody. So you want to be able to be to receive them and also provide support to those individuals so they don't f- silence themselves, like you're yeah. describing, leader. Yeah. So. We have to do better. We all can step up and do better to support mm-hmm. victims and, pe- and people in general in our lives. Because people have this big fear right. of false allegations. But again, three to five percent of allegations are false. Right. So to flip that in a way that may be easier to conceptualize, how many of y'all would be doing something if you know there was a three to five percent of you if you're doing it wrong of not getting caught? Because mm. that's basically what is being said. Mm. Right. That means a vast, overwhelming majority of them are true. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I do understand that there's a racial component to that, too, because I know that's also trauma from enslavement, because there are a lot of times when black people were said, you did this simply because, again, our literal enslavers were trying to cover their backs, right? because people didn't see us as humans. So they were like, nah, this isn't what it was. But you have to realize that in order for you to learn and in order for you to properly develop it, you have to put the ways you think next to each other. Yes. You can't just separate them. Yes. Because if you think you care about black women, but then you silence black accusers, yes. and then you silence black survivors, and then you silence black abusers, and then you stop and say, hmm, okay, you know what? You, the one person who may have done harm, is who I'm going to listen to. All you're saying is, I only care about some stories. Mm. And I only care about exactly. some people. Exactly. You know, and, and talking about celebrities or black celebrities or anyone in general as a whole, you know, not picking and choosing the parts that we want to admire about them. It's, it's almost like religion. We pick parts of religion that applies to us and the part that we don't want doesn't feel good. We'll kind of kick it to the side. For example, Prince, no one's talking about his drug addiction. The nope. man died of a drug addiction. Mm-hmm. But yeah. No one ever talks about that. The wonderful Whitney Houston, beautiful voice, you know, angelic, but she passed away as well of drug addictions. Mm-hmm. But we often tend to define these individuals by well how great they were in our community how great they were to make us that part of our lives but we then diminish the the negative side and i think what we're i'm hearing at the table is yeah we're gonna have to holistically look at everyone absolutely recognizing that not everyone's perfect yes you know, but we can't say well because she did drugs and i was a little part of her <laughs> life she right. died because of drugs yes you know, mm-hmm. she did. Okay. so we can't I, I wouldn't encourage to say well let's forget that part and just love her voice no 
that is part of how she walked on yes. this earth. Yes. Yeah. So Kobe having that assault charge, that's part of how he walked on this earth. He cannot expunge that record. Right. He tried to move forward and do different things for women empowerment and his family empowerment so we can look at that. Yeah. But by no means should we expunge people's mm-hmm. records that, that was witnessed. Yes. We have to call it what it is. Yes. But we also have to be mindful in, in defining them entirely mm-hmm. by certain. Some people turn the corner, for example, like, unlike Harvey Weinstein, who continue to do those assaults, yes. mm-hmm. potentially we could see that, we can kind of say that Kobe turned the corner. Yeah. yeah. You know, from that moment, we could kind of say that. The yeah. evidence is probably shown in public that he yes. did that. Because yes. two multiple things can be true. Yes. Well, exactly. Yes. Exactly. It. So and with the case, let's say Weinstein in this example, he continued to be the assaulter and yep. tried to continue to cover it up. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm equally saying we should look at our, our ourselves and our celebrities holistically mm-hmm. instead of picking and choosing. But it's human nature to kind of yeah pick and choose and say, well, I don't want to know that part. It doesn't feel <laughs> good. Right. It's uncomfortable. Right. I don't want to know that. Let's push that, it to the back. Push yeah. it to the back yeah. that he or she led that kind of life. Well, that's, that's the, we got to take it as it is. And so the last, oh. Go ahead, Paul. No, no, please. Okay, and then the last thought that I had before we go into our lead by example is that redemption is earned, y'all. We often mess up by saying, I want to forgive this person, so let's make space for them. Yes. And they have to step into that space because if you're not careful, you'll enable. And like a Harvey Weinstein, I'm sure a lot of people forgave him. You know, I'm sure y'all can imagine the air quotes I'm doing. And then he just continued to be the way he was. Yes. So remember that you can't just forgive people for you. You have to forgive them for them. Absolutely. Which means they have to recognize, hey, I did something that I need to revise. Yes, so true, brother. And when you all are bringing up this holistic view, it it makes me question now his overall legacy, his impact, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we look at someone holistically and we we take them as they are, we look at their highs, their lows, their in-betweens, defines who they were during that time. So I want to pose this question. And usually during lead by example, we we highlight, you know, black people, people in general who are doing great things and doing good work. And we're going to get to the highlights, but I figured that this question would definitely tie into this segment because we're talking about legacy. We talk we're talking about a leader, right? Some would say, and I'm one of those some that that would say Kobe is a leader. Kobe is a great example of a black man with his faults and all, right? So what does the term legacy mean to you all? And also the follow-up is what does Kobe's legacy look like in your eyes now? Um, To me, legacy means that you are claiming the future, yes. whether it's you or your children. And Kobe left behind um, his daughters, and I think that his daughters are definitely going to, we're not going to ever forget his name no. anyways, but his daughters are going to make him proud. And I think we're all going to just sit back and watch in amazement because they're not going to let his legacy die. No. They're not no. going to. No. Mm-hmm. Dr. No. Challenger? Yeah, you know, legacy is a word. Uh, and the word is backed up by actions. And what I mean by that mm. is legacy can be a negative or a positive. Yes. You know, it's how the individual wishes to be remembered and memorialized. Yes. So you have the supervillain and you have the hero. They so both true. have a legacy. <laughs> so so true. Um, so to me, a legacy means what impact you left on human society, mm-hmm. on individuals. Mm-hmm. That, that's more important. So it could be negative or positive. Um, did that person's time on earth cause others to have a more meaningful experience in their own lives? Right. That's a legacy. you know. And more important, is your impact sustaining? And it, it occurs over time, over different generations. So to yes. me, that's, that's legacy. So even though you may have children, they're not really your legacy. Um, it's how your impact or how that person's impact on this world 
on my life? That, you know, did Kobe promote me to want to live a better life or yeah. did he add quality to my experience on this earth? Yeah. And did he leave anything behind that reflects his philosophy on life? Mm. So like his Mamba Academy, his yes. family, his, his, his footage of his, his playing days. Yes. That to me is a legacy because it's a constant reminder of be better, do better. Yes. Um, versus just putting up a monument or a building. Mm-hmm. I can pass by a monument and building any time, and that didn't really impact time. So people like Martin Luther King and other s- historical figures, their legacy transcends because they changed society. Mm-hmm. They changed, they impacted lives. Uh, we erected monuments because they, of the great things they did. Um, <laughs> but so to me, so Kobe's legacy would be one of uh, work hard, the American dream of from the bottom up and grind. Um, take care of your family, take care of others, be a great teammate, uh, strive for greatness. Um, so a philosophy in life, and then also for women empowerment, you know, through his own experiences, um, I, that legacy to me is, is left because of what he was trying to do to, to reconcile his past or to appreciate the women that are in his life. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so that to me is a legacy that uh, I respect more than his basketball skills. And then any closing thoughts, y'all, before we talk about our next segment? I honestly would just say um, I want to highlight Kobe. I want to highlight everyone who's who's poured into him and his family. I want to highlight his wife for being strong and still holding it down while dealing with your life being in the public eye. That that is a lot, and I can only imagine what she's going through. So I want to commend her and give all um, praise and props to her and the family, the children that just – Continue doing great work. This is a tough time, and I know someday you will be able to come to terms with it, but keep on pushing because you you are the embodiment of that greatness. You're the now the embodiment of that legacy that you're talking about, Dr. Challenger. I think I may actually choose to highlight Gail King okay. because it really did take a lot to do that, right. um, to still care. And one of my friends who actually is a survivor and is a basketball fan talks a lot about how confusing that time was for her because she really did have to sit down and think about it in a different way. Because, again, same age, right? So she didn't really remember the trial as much either. Mm-hmm. But when you get new information, it, it messes with your self-image because now you have to realize that this person may continue to be this way. And you may not know that, again, because of how we treat survivors, because of how we treat misgivings. And I think that because Gail was willing to at least try to do her part with her segment, even though, you know, there are going to be critiques, and I get that, I do appreciate that she had the love to say, I'll put my neck out if nobody else will, because that, that means something. And the courage to do that, too, and, and to take the, the sword just as uh, quickly as she take the praise. Like, it's a lot of, there was a lot of backlash that we, we outlined, and she is a champion for sticking up and saying, this is my job, I, regardless, like, I may have done something wrong, I'm still going to make sure that I get the information out to the people. Okay, and uh, <laughs> next segment time, so <laughs> we are going to be talking about addiction. Uh, more specifically, addiction is highly criminalized in our culture, right? Yes. Uh, those of us who live with addiction cannot often even get help for it, because as soon as you say, I'm living with it, people have a variety of things they say and do to you. Right. Uh, most recently, we just lost Juice World, who was a young up-and-coming rapper and singer, mm-hmm. and the saddest part about his death is that he died because he overdosed because he didn't want to get caught by the police. Again, hence the criminalization of addiction because his death was avoidable, right? Yeah. But because we would rather send people living with addiction to jail than to get help. 
he had to make a business decision. You know, that's a common thing we say when it's like, listen, you got two options, what's going to fit best? And I think that for us to truly get to a point where we understand addiction, we have to sit down and ask ourselves, what are we telling ourselves about addiction without even talking to former people who were living with it? Yeah, so true. And that will be our next episode. And hopefully we can bring wonderful guests like we had today. Mm-hmm. I want to say mm-hmm. thank you. That's the shout out that I need. I forgot to give the shout out. to. Oh, you know, we always guests. show love to. I guess know? now we gave them donuts. Yeah, they ain't want them. Right. <laughs> Have a little bit of water, you know, <laughs> quench your thirst. But honestly, uh, we, 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 with that thoughts with a counselor, we would not be the men that we are today without having a, a, a mentor, a leader in our classrooms like you. So, we definitely appreciate you taking out the time and your busy schedule. You is busy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Life both of them professor. got a lot going exactly. on. Exactly. Um, and my again, we need to just keep bringing her back. <laughs> her and Paris, like you, you oh, all. Oh, P for sure, go oh, be yes, back for sure. Yes. Like you always, you all bring wonderful content and wonderful perspective, and we are very appreciative of it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, no it's problem. my pleasure to be invited. And I think you guys are doing great work, and I think your work is going to reach many, many people and touch many hearts. So. Thanks for the invite, and I hope to be back. All right, all right. Bye. All right, y'all. Bye. Thank you again, and please stay tuned for our next episode. Already know it's...